0: Thanks for listening to The Vine's podcast. The Vine is a church in Austin, Texas, with a simple goal of following Jesus together, and we hope this message helps you in doing just that. Good morning. Our passage today is from Mark chapter 6, verses 6 through 13. Then Jesus went around teaching from village to village. Calling the twelve to him, he began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over impure spirits. These were his instructions. Take nothing for the journey except a staff, no bread, no bag, no money in your belts. Wear sandals, but not an extra shirt. Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you leave that town. And if any place will not welcome you or listen to you, leave that place and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. They went out and preached that people should repent. They drove out many demons and anointed many sick people with oil and healed them. This is the word of the Lord. Be to God. Let's uh, let's pray. And so, Father, we come to you uh, today, grateful for the power of your word. Thank you that uh, you have not left us defenseless. You want to meet with us, and so we come to you as people who need revelation. Some are here this morning hurting, needing your comfort, needing your reassurance, needing your hope, your strength. Others are here today and they are perhaps indifferent and need the conviction and the power of your spirit to stimulate and spur them on to do the things that you have called them to do. So we're grateful that you want to meet with us. We pray that uh, by the proclamation of your word, you would be honored and glorified Here among us, in Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Amen. All right. So, how many of you have ever been on a short-term mission adventure or a mission trip? Okay. Uh, Before I I was able to uh, make the transition out to Community First, I went on a lot of mission trips, and I'll never forget one of my very first mission trips, Uh, the leader of that particular trip quoted the great theologian Rick Steves, and uh, he said these words. He said, there are two types of people who travel, those who pack light and those who wish they had. And uh, then he said, Rick Steves, three basic instructions are pack, pack light, pack light, and pack light. Now, the problem is, on this trip, we had a, uh, a, a group that we were going to minister to, and so we, as good Westerners, came prepared to give some things and drop them off. And so, instead of packing light, we ended up showing up at the airport with just a lot of stuff. And I got to tell you, man... When we came to check in at the, uh, the counter there, we put the bags on the scales, and just about every one of us was over. Now, there's a problem that when you have about a dozen people on the trip and you're overloaded. We uh, pulled out of the line and kind of spread our stuff out, and we began exchanging things to try to lighten the load, and it was impossible because we had too much stuff. You see, we were called by God to go serve God. God as Christ's people and uh, what ended up happening is we missed the call. We missed the call and we also missed our flight. It was pretty disappointing, not a very good way to start the trip. So This morning as we continue our journey through Lent, we are going to take a look at Mark chapter 6 and in this particular passage. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing because Jesus is calling His people to Himself, and He's calling them, and He is basically going to send them out. Now, before I uh, talk about this reality of being sent out, I think we need to understand something very clearly. If you are here and you have entered into a personal relationship with God, you've placed your trust in Christ, you believe that Christ died for you, that He rose from the dead, you are given His Holy Spirit and you are also given this commission to go. Everyone say go. go. Everyone say go like you mean it. Go. 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 <laughs> you guys are good. I like this. And so Jesus calls his followers together. And it says uh, Jesus went around teaching from village to village, and then he, he huddles them. He calls them together. First thing that we see here in this idea of Uh, being called by God, is we are called to go with infinite power. We are called to go with infinite power. And so Jesus calls the 12 to him, it says, and he gave them authority over the impure spirits. We are called with this sense of infinite power. When Jesus says in Matthew 28, all authority has been given to you, it's the idea that you are in a police car with a code three and the siren is on. And when a siren is on in any kind of emergency vehicle, what do other vehicles do? They pull out of the way. The, the problem here is, is that we don't see ourselves as powerful. We see ourselves usually as weak and as incapable. And I love what uh, Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 1. He says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the incomparably great power for us who believe. What kind of power is it? Paul goes on and says, It's the power, the same power as the mighty strength God exerted when He raised Jesus from the dead and seated Him at His right hand in the heavenly places. So we're given this sense of infinite power, and yet we are so consumed with our inabilities and our incapabilities and our inefficiencies and all the areas where we miss the mark Instead of being called to Jesus and receiving this power, we are overwhelmed with our own inadequacies. I uh, did a little history study of uh, the people that God has used in a, a very significant way. I want you to listen to the type of people that God has used historically. You ready for this? These are characters straight from the Scripture. Moses, the spokesperson for the nation of Israel, had a stuttering problem. Jacob, in the Old Testament, was deceptive. Uh, David was a a man who struggled with sexual lust and he had an affair. Solomon was too rich, Abraham was too old, Peter was afraid of death, in fact, he denied Jesus three times because he was so so afraid of dying, Lazarus was dead, and that's a slight problem, (laughs) Naomi was a widow, Rahab was a prostitute, Paul was a murderer, so was Moses. Jonah, the Old Testament prophet, ran away from God. Miriam was a gossip. Gideon and Thomas both doubted. Jeremiah was a bullfrog. <laughs> Just kidding. For all you 1970s music fans, thank you. <laughs> Jeremiah was a prophet and he was depressed and suicidal. Elijah got burned out. John the Baptist was a loudmouth. Martha was a worry wart. Mary was lazy. Samson had long hair and Noah got drunk. How in the world would God use any of those people? Because they were given an infinite power, and they tapped into that infinite power, and Jesus called them personally to Himself, and you cannot impart what you do not possess. And they were sent out. They were commissioned. Sent. That word send, by the way, in Mark chapter 6, verse 17, is the Greek word that we get for apostle, apostello. It's uh, it's the idea of sending someone with a special commission to represent another and accomplish his work. And so Jesus gave his twelve men this apostolic authority, this divine ability to do the job that he sent them to do. They were not of their own; they received this infinite power, and they were sent out. How were they sent out? Well, they were sent out together. They were sent out together. So, they were sent out with infinite power and they were called to be with like minded people. Okay? Uh, I wanna let you know that this idea of partnering with people that are like minded or, or perhaps people that compliment you and uh, encourage you, it's something that we all can relate to. In fact, I'm gonna read some very famous dynamic duos through the years and, and I want you to fill in the blank, okay? Maybe a food group, it may be an entertainment. Uh, figure, but I just want you to fill in the blank. Are you ready? Batman and peanut butter and macaroni and Tom and Jerry. All right, here's a modern day one for you young people. SpongeBob and not (laughs) SquarePants. SpongeBob and Patrick. These duos reinforce the reality that we are better together. And so the, the apostles were sent out with this infinite power, realizing it wasn't about them. They were sent out with this understanding two by two that they needed each other. It was not a solo endeavor. And I love what uh, Ecclesiastes says. It says, two are, are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either one of them falls down, one can help the other up. And here's what it says. Don't miss this. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. And so these men were sent out with this power that Jesus invested in them to do the miraculous, and they were sent out as partners. We are better together. Uh, All I have to do is kind of look at creation and how that works very divinely. In fact, I did a little study on geese and how geese really rely upon one another As they fly in formation, and here's a a few things that I learned. Very interesting here, by the way. As each goose in formation flaps its wings, it creates an uplift for the birds that follow. And by flying in a V formation, the entire flock adds 71% greater flying range than if each bird flew alone. When a goose falls out of formation... It suddenly feels the drag and the resistance of flying alone. It quickly moves back into formation to take advantage of the lifting power of the bird immediately in front of it. When the lead goose tires, this is interesting, it rotates back into the formation, and another goose flies into the point position. And maybe the most powerful lesson that we can learn from the creation of geese is when one goose goes down and gets sick or wounded, Two geese drop out of the formation and follow it down to help protect it. They stay with it until it's able to fly again, then they launch out together with another formation or they catch up with the flock. We are called by God and sent by God with infinite power, and we are called by God to go with like-minded people. The third point that we see here in this beautiful passage is we're called by God to go with a transcendent purpose, a transcendent purpose. It says in verse 12, they went out and they preached that people should repent. By the way, not a very popular message. Repent, the, the idea of change your mind, which leads to a change of behavior and attitude and motivation. They called the people to repent, and it says they drove out many demons, they anointed many sick people with oil, and they healed them. They preached the power of the gospel. The word gospel means good news. It's good news, and Christ has given us this good news, and He has invested this good news in us, and he could, have used, he could have used any word or method or means that He wanted to to get His word out, but guess what He's done? He's chosen you. He's chosen you. Um, we are all missionaries. If you're a follower of Jesus, a missionary is not someone who raises support and goes to a foreign country. A missionary is someone who sacrifices everything but the gospel for the sake of the gospel. And so if you are a student and you have placed your trust in Christ, you are a missionary. You are sent by God for the purpose of helping people understand who Jesus is. And so you may be a student, okay, that's your disguise, that's your front, but you're a missionary. You are sent on mission with God, called by God. If you're a business person, God's given you influence. He's given you gifts and talents and abilities. It's not just a J-O-B. It's an opportunity for you to go into that place where you call work and use the influence that God has entrusted to you so that other people might have an opportunity to know and experience the greatness of Christ. Maybe you're here and you're a mom and you're thinking, good heavens, all I do is watch... SpongeBob all day long. Guess what? You're a missionary. God has sent you on mission to invest in the next generation. And what you're doing is not in vain. You see, you don't need a passport in order to be a missionary. A missionary is someone sent and someone who sacrifices everything but the gospel for the sake of the gospel. And I love uh, how this passage ends. It says the apostles returned to Jesus from their ministry tour, and uh, it, they told Jesus everything they had done and everything that they had taught. I have a feeling that uh, that little conference there was, uh, was an upbeat celebration. Uh, they, uh, they probably recounted, man, I can't believe when you taught that, or I can't believe when you began praying for that person who was sick, and we saw the miraculous, the signs of the apostles right before our eyes, we saw the miraculous. You see, these were people who were like you and I, pretty common, pretty jacked up, but they received the infinite power that Christ had given them. They went out together, two by two, and they declared this transcendent purpose, this great message that Jesus died for our sins and rose from the dead and Christ is alive. And my friends, I cannot begin to tell you, there is no greater endeavor on the planet than to be sent by Christ into the places that He has called you to go. You don't have to go across the world, although God may call you to do that. He may just call you to go across the street. Maybe it's just across the street. We're called by God with infinite power. Everyone say power. Power. We're called by God to go with like-minded people. Everyone say people. And we're called by God to go with a transcendent purpose. Everyone say purpose. purpose. We're called by God to go, to move, to make progress with power, with people, and with purpose. Now, here's the deal. There are a couple of pretty massive roadblocks that we face. And as I was reading this scripture, uh, I was really struck by the uh, couple of verses before this section. It says uh, in verse 5 that, Because of their unbelief, Jesus could not do any miracles among them because of their unbelief. Maybe you're here this morning, and you're struggling with this sense of belief, this sense that really God cares about you. Maybe you feel alone. Maybe you feel inadequate or inferior. The opposite of unbelief is faith. Hebrews chapter 11 says, Faith is the assurance of what we hope for, and it's the conviction of what we cannot see. And then it goes on in Hebrews and says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. And so unbelief is a pretty big deal. Maybe you're here this morning and you're thinking, man, I don't know if I believe this or not. Well, let me tell you, when I read the Scripture here and I read about the miraculous and I read about the transformation of people's lives and I read about Jesus teaching and mesmerizing people uh, with, with His teaching and with His insight and doing not just the miraculous physically, but more importantly, spiritually, seeing people transferred from death to life and from hopelessness to hope. I, I, I read this and go, man, I, I want this. I want in on this action. God's saying, I want you to go, but I want you to have faith. Not in what you can see, but what you can't, what you can't see in the unseen, which is why Scripture says, set your mind on things... That are above, not the things that you can see and experience, but on things that are happening in the heavenlies. So unbelief is an obstacle, and I was thinking about the uh, the other roadblock, the other obstacle that prevents us from going. Unbelief is one, but another is this right here. It's our stuff. I don't know if you're like uh, the Freeman family, but we have a lot of stuff, and. Uh, it's kind of the American deal, right? You accumulate. And I think all of us, if we're gut-level honest, would acknowledge, man, we have, we have a lot of stuff here. And uh, this stuff can, can weigh us down and can prevent us from going. And, and what God is saying is lighten the load. We are beset by the three isms. Individualism, materialism, consumerism. Individualism says what's in it for me. It's about me and I want to accomplish my hopes, my dreams, my agenda. Materialism says it's about my stuff. It's about me using my stuff and enjoying life. And consumerism says, hey man, take, eat, enjoy, drink, live life on your terms. I think about the stuff we accumulate that prevent us from going. And God is saying, hey, look, I want you to lighten your load, and I want you to go. Get rid of the things that that hold you back, not just physically, but also emotionally, spiritually. I want you to go. God is calling you to go. He's calling you to go. To go not in your own power, but in His power. To go not by yourself, but to go with like-minded people. And to go to declare the greatest message on the planet, that Jesus is alive, He's changing lives, and He has given us that transcendent purpose and calling so that we can be sent. Would you pray with me?